1: Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive actions. Today's guest is Gina Kovarubius. Gina holds a bachelor's in aeronautical and astronautical engineering from Purdue University and a master's in mechanical engineering from University of Utah. And if that isn't enough, she decided to go out and become a certified life coach as well. Gina's distinct background blends life coaching experience with 14 plus years of engineering technology experience in government, academia, and corporate aerospace. She founded Deliberate Doing, an exclusive STEM coaching service dedicated to helping technical professionals transform their careers from status quo to excellence. So please welcome to the show, Gina Coverett. Cove Bob, thank you
0: so much for having me. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking about all kinds of encouragement stuff today with you.
1: Well, that's great. And I appreciate you taking the time today to be here and be a guest. Um, Let's kick it off by telling people about you and how you got to where you are, sort of a short version, (laughs) Cliff Notes.
0: Yes, let's do a short version. (laughs) Um, I did not plan to be here. So I'll just start (laughs) off saying, saying it that way. I thought my engineering career was going to be a linear one. And I suspect most people think that as well when they first start out. So I go about my years, I gain experience after graduating from college, working in the aerospace industry. That was my dream when I was a child. So I made that dream come true. And as you read in my bio, I've got around 14 years of experience or so between academia, corporate, and government, and you know, at some point, Bob, um, I decided not lightly. This was a very heavy decision,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and it took a few months for me to come to this realization. But I decided at one point in my career, I've I've done enough of this. Yeah. I've seen enough. I've done enough. I've met some wonderful people and seen some fantastic things along the way but i had this feeling this itch that there's there's something else out there there's got to be more than what i'm doing here and so i ended up essentially bob walking away from this career that i created that that i worked so hard for and i walked away of course from a stable salary yeah and wonderful benefits yeah. and a network of people that i had met over the years and the crazy thing was I didn't know what was next for me. Okay. I was just walking away. I was just I didn't I didn't have a Burn plan. Burn
1: bridges, huh?
0: <laughs> I didn't have a plan except I'm going to figure myself out. Okay. And I'm going to dive into information like books and podcasts and videos and just explore what else is out there. And I stumbled upon a life coaching podcast mm-hmm. and then boom, it hit me over the head and I thought that's, that's it right there. That's what I should be doing. And so I went and signed up and got certified and started my coaching business a year later. Right. So oh. it it's, it's kind of all <laughs> non-linear and, and it wasn't planned this way. And I think that's important for your audience to know, because I suspect many young professionals get so caught up in their future and they want to have a map and they want to know exactly what their career is going to look like. <laughs> and we just we can all laugh
1: now. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and
0: I can laugh now about that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and that's a, a great point to make. You know, life is twists and turns. I know mine has done that as well. You just kind of hang on and enjoy the ride when you can and get through the mud when you have to. Um, and you make you made a great point too that there's, there comes a point where it's like, I need to figure myself out. Um, How did you realize that you needed to do that shift? I mean, was it, you know, a a bolt of lightning? I mean, somebody, you know, tick you off at work, some project make you mad? What was it that made you finally decide, you know what, I can do better than this?
0: Oh, such a great question, Bob. (laughs) Thank you for asking this. Over the course of the years, I was starting to see a pattern in myself. And the pattern was, I would go through times where everything would be fine at work. I was content. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I wasn't loving it. And it wasn't my dream job, but it was okay. And then I'd go through a dip Mm -hmm. and maybe even go through a little bit of a depression. Maybe even blame myself. I went into the wrong major. I'm in the wrong industry. I'm at the wrong employer. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to go back and get my MBA. I was kind of always... (laughs) looking and searching for this this idea that we call a dream job and the harder I looked the more desperate and frustrated I became so after noticing a pattern of all these ups and downs ups ups and downs in addition to the pattern of well I can do the work but at the end of the day, do I really care? Does it really matter to me if I can run a meeting and write a report? And so I would go through mental phases of why am I doing this? Is this, is this really why I went to school? But then at other times it was fine. And I was learning and I was growing. So there were, there were many, many dips and ups and downs that I noticed over the years. And I couldn't find my dream job. So I thought, I just, I don't know what else to do. I, I think I just need to start over
1: mm-hmm. and walk away. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that takes a lot of gumption. You know, um, you, you mentioned, you know, your golden handcuffs, if you will, your nice salary, the benefits. Do you think that keep, do you see that keeping people back from realizing who they are and what they can do?
0: I do see that holding people back. And as a coach, I have had many people actually mention that phrase, Bob, the golden handcuffs. And on one hand, it's great because they get to make a very nice living. They get to do things they want to do on their off time. But on some level, they feel beholden. Mm -hmm. And the longer you work, the older you get, naturally the less risk you want to take. The more likely you are to be settled down with a family and maybe you don't want to get up and move and you can't try to start your own business because you've got this family now. And, you know, the reasons start piling up over the years.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that's... You know, always a good thing you you see that in the industry. I mean, you'll see the people, the young gunslingers come in, gung-ho, want to change stuff, want to do stuff. And all of a sudden, they're two years down the line, they're hopping to another job. Two years down that line, they're hopping to another job. The ones that, if you will, hang on, yeah, they have a family, they have a mortgage, they have kids, you know. Um, There's all those things that, you know, you may not get paid as much as some other places, but there's stability in it. There's long-term stability. Um, is that something that you see, if you will, from the coaching side as a good quality? Is it help people stay a little more stable or realistic, or does that possibly, you know, limit the idea that they can, to see the true potential?
0: Oh, what a great question. I could talk about this all day. So the fact that people believe there's stability in their jobs or Mm -hmm. in work First of all, let's just bust that myth right now. Yeah. I think you and I can chuckle about it. We both know there's no such thing as a stable job. Right. Your job can disappear at any point in time. Um, But number two, what I see happen is that people become, after so much investment in their schooling, their job, the many jobs they've had, they become very attached to their career. Mm-hmm. They become attached to the job. They become attached to their boss. And that, more so than the golden handcuffs, I think, is what really tends to hold people back, but they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And by attachment, what I mean by that is you're relying on your job to make you feel good about yourself. Right. You're letting your job determine your self worth. Right. And that is a big trap most professionals fall into, and they don't realize it, and no one's taught them any differently.
1: Right. Wow. And that brings up a great point, because I mean, in anything in life, we've got to have the realization of our value, of our power, of our abilities, no matter what happens, because stuff is going to happen. We're going to have things break. We're going to have hearts get broken. We're going to, you know, people pass away. That's a reality of life um money comes in and out of the the wallet or the bank account um these are all things we need to rest our value in a, a bigger a more stable item if you will what what do you see that as being what is that key value that people can focus on
0: oh that self realization bob i'm so glad that you mentioned that we are not taught in general to rely on ourselves right for internal emotional needs such as Mm self-confidence such as validation such as fulfillment and passion and all of those things we're not taught in our society how to do that from within and that's that's what turns us all around and that's why we become we become attached to our jobs or to other people or to things in life so I, that's the, the first place I would point my finger at is our upbringing. Yeah. We're generally not taught how to be resilient from within. We're taught to rely on externals. Right. Instead.
1: Yeah. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's a, a great idea there that I was just thinking of reviewing one of my previous books because I was raised by a generation, it skipped a generation, if you will. I wasn't raised by baby boomers. I was raised by people from grew up in the twenties, thirties and forties. So I was a surprise to my parents. My dad was 47 when I was born. So it, it was a different mindset. And I was taught that not only taught skills, but taught the ability that you've got to be able to manage things for yourself, cooking for yourself, cleaning for yourself, keeping up a house. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a spouse that will do that it doesn't mean you're going to be able to hire a housekeeper or whatever it may be you've got to be able to do that for yourself and there's things that i learned early in my life because of family members passing because i was so young through cancer old age etc that was a part of life too and you had to be able to manage that and so that was a little bit different i think i've got a different aspect about just like what you said Um, It seems like today's younger generation, they were, I won't say protected, but shielded, if you will, from some of those realities of life. Do you see that?
0: Oh, I I do, Bob. I do. And I, unfortunately, the the more that our youth are shielded or protected, as as you said, from these life events, the the less they'll be able to handle them. Mm -hmm as they get older, and then they get into the workforce and they realize, oh, well, things don't operate the way I thought they did or the way I've been taught. And then they have a really hard time adapting and adjusting. And so honestly, that's one of the reasons I started my coaching business was to to help the engineer or that STEM professional yeah. who just is just struggling to, right. to figure themselves out or to figure out their future or to find meaning in their day-to-day at work.
1: Well, and you mentioned that, you you know, the STEM people and at science, technology, engineering, and management for those that don't recognize the acronym, but do you see People in that profession is harder to understand the people side. I mean, obviously they understand the technology. They've gone through engineering classes, they all have 0.5 pencils. Uh, we all do. Um, you know, where is that jump from the technical side to the people side? Is that the the hard piece that they don't understand?
0: The short answer is yes, Bob. And I'm generalizing, I'm generalizing. Yeah. yeah. But I think you and I might agree that in general. The engineering or STEM community tend to be more introverted. Yeah. They like to work alone, if that would be their preference. They're very good at solving technical problems, but maybe not so good at solving those emotional problems. All right. Yeah. And and we really need those soft skills. You and I know this. Those soft skills can be just as important, if not more important than the hard skills.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely you can understand a problem with factual information, but maybe trying to explain that to people sometimes at three in the morning isn't so easy sometimes. And you got to be able to be, you know, you can right. be, I'm more on the side of being blown as a pickaxe and I can take it, but others, others can't. So you got to you got to weigh those options. You got to be careful with that. So definitely I understand that. Um one of the things I found interesting is how you help people that might be dissatisfied. Do you see a lot of that dissatisfaction out there today? I do. Oh, absolutely. More, more so than ever, Bob,
0: more so than ever. And the reason is because people walk into their careers. They walk into their brand new jobs. They go to work from day to day and they, they create these expectations Like, I expect this person to be kind. I expect to get a raise. I expect to be rewarded for all my hard work. And all these expectations, which are just narratives that we tell ourselves, it feels like the truth, but they're just narratives that we tell ourselves, we convince ourselves this is the way the world should work. And when it doesn't work that way, oh man, does that hit us hard?
1: Right. That shoulda, woulda, coulda syndrome, huh?
0: absolutely absolutely and when people start believing their narratives and these expectations that are supposed to play out they're attached yeah and they're really disappointed when it doesn't happen
1: hmm. now i mean you've been on both sides of that equation you've been in corporate america aeronautical industries as well as academia which one do you th- does it come from one or the other, or just a combination of both, or where do you think that comes from?
0: Where do I think what exactly comes like from? that that
1: idea of the would it, the how it should be? I mean, you mentioned you know you're taught that. So is that through, like you said, through academia? Is it more prevalent there, or is it more prevalent just from newcomers from the home? I mean, how?
0: It's that's a great question. It comes from every person every message every experience that we have in our upbringing so it could come from parents and family it could come from academia how many billboards do you see when you drive along the highway go to this school we're ranked in the top five and it makes you believe that oh yeah if i do that if i go take all the right steps and check the boxes everything's going to just work out and fall into place. <laughs> so it's messaging from, you know, social media and yeah. job sites. Uh, it's our friends and our family's experiences with work. Uh, it's the professors that we talk to. So these these subliminal messages are really all around us. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and we don't really realize it. You know, well, as you mentioned, I, I recently saw an ad and it was talking, you know, the $11,000 just under a year. What do you think of when you hear that, that commercial about a master's degree? It's like, you know, okay. And then you start to wonder, well, do I need that? Should I think about that? That's not too bad. How do you do it under a year for 11,000? Okay. Um, You know, it it really, it does. It starts to trigger some of those things. It does. Yeah. Okay. Do I need it? Will it help me? You know, what value does it hold for me? And then you're balancing that time. If you have a family, um, yeah, that's, that's a good example there. I, it's,
0: it's very tempting, Bob, for people <laughs> to see that kind of messaging. And the more desperate they are, All right. the more they might be willing to fall into the trap of, well, that's, that's my solution.
1: Yeah. And you say fall into that trap. Um, I guess and what I've found from other podcasts I've, I've recently done is we got to take the time to find ourselves. Exactly. I mean, do you help people to do that? Because that's a hard one. I mean, you talk about people in STEM industry, time is a, is a prior time is, you know, very limited.
0: Exactly. And when I say falling into that trap, what I mean specifically is when we look to the external world Mm -hmm. to try to fulfill our needs. Right. So jobs don't fulfill our needs. School doesn't, there are some needs and wants, of course, Mm -hmm. that it satisfies. But when it comes to our emotions, our satisfaction, our passion, fulfillment, and all of that sort of thing, the things that engineers aren't good at, right? (laughs) It's so easy for them to look to the outside world like their job to make them happy. And that's such a big mistake. It's such Mm. a big mistake. So to answer a question, yes, that's exactly what I do as a coach. I describe myself as a fitness trainer for the mind. I help people understand how they don't have to rely on all those externals out there that are outside of their control in order to feel good about who they are.
1: And that's a a great one. I mean, that was part of my next question is, I guess you, and you answered it right there. Is I guess you find some people that are, if you will, mentally unfit (laughs) and you help them to become more mentally fit for that emotional side of their life, Right.
0: And by mentally fit or unfit, um, just to clarify for the audience, we're not talking about mental illness here.
1: No, no, exactly. We're not talking they're not smart. They are very smart. It's just, yeah. Correct. Correct.
0: (laughs) We're just talking about different perspectives, Mm -hmm. going back to the narratives that we tell ourselves without even realizing it. Of course, the more we think a certain narrative, the more we have an expectation, the harder it is to change it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so what, that's what yeah, I do. What movie are you playing in your head constantly? Yeah, you know, we we need to change that film. <laughs>
0: so. Yes, exactly. That is that's a great analogy, Bob.
1: Okay. All right. Great. Well, that's that's always helpful for you know people to to see that clarity and how you can help them. Um, how do you build your self confidence to keep up with, you know, this new focus and help others to do to build that confidence?
0: My self-confidence, wow, it it really got a revamp when I went through my life coaching certification. And that taught me, I don't have to rely on other people to be confident. I don't have to rely on a job to be confident in who I am. So that might be an answer that's not... Uh, reasonable for your audience to try to do. They can't all go out and get a life coaching certification. Of course, that would be, that would be silly. But for me, because my certification helped me understand what self confidence really is and what it's not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I can teach that to other people. Right,
1: and that, that's a key piece right there. What it is and what it's not. I think that's yes. very, very important for people to understand you know, those two aspects, because false expect, like, you know, we've been talking about false expectations. It's not a good scenario to base your, your, your footing on. So it's
0: not, it is not. <laughs> and just as a follow-up about self-confidence, this is by far the single biggest issue that people come to me with. Wow. Is I I want more self-confidence
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it could take different flavors. Mm-hmm. Such as how do I set boundaries? How do I say no? Um, how do I talk to people that I don't know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so self-confidence is is a very um, wide and ambiguous term because it could mean a lot of things. But that is the single biggest issue that people come to me with. And I don't care how old they are, yeah, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't matter how experienced you are. It seems like everybody could use help with their self-confidence.
1: Oh, that's a good reminder. Well, if you can, Gina, tell us where people can get a hold of you. Where can they find you to get some more help, some coaching, um, you know, so they can make sure they get in touch with you.
0: Absolutely. My website is deliberatedoing.com. I have webinar replays on there. I have blogs on there. If people want to send me a message, they can go on my site and send me a message. I'd be happy to set up a Zoom call with them. If they want to email me directly, they can reach me at at doing.com and that's G-I-N-A. So I would encourage everybody, if, if something I said resonates, just get a hold of me, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. In the meantime, please go to my website for free resources.
1: There you go. We got that. We'll make sure we put that in all the show notes. And Gina, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time today to be a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I know I really appreciate it. I appreciate the insight and the energy you offer people. Um, It's great work you're doing. So keep up the, the, you know, the great stuff and, you know, you're making a difference. I can tell.
0: Bob, it goes both ways. Thank you for having me. And you asked some really brilliant questions today that I'm sure will be helpful for the well, audience. Thank you. I appreciate that. So thank you that. for that.
1: All right. Well, thanks. You have a great day. and uh, You too, out. Bob. Thanks. All right. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an Encouragement Engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur a corporate contributor or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and Encouragement Engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.